What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN Game Scoop. I'm your host, Damon Hadfield. Joining me this week are Tina Amini. Hi, everybody. Sam Claiborne. Let the game scoop begin. <laughs> you, you, you just said Damon could have that. <laughs> he didn't take it. He didn't take it. It was up for grabs. And Justin Davis. Scoop. And we've got a great show for you today. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the Dead Space remake, which was just finally officially revealed a couple hours ago. Uh, I was inspired by last week's magazine, Tina and Justin. We flipped through the July 1993 issue of Die Hard Game Fan, and they had a most wanted section in the beginning, both the editor's most wanted games and the reader's most wanted. I was inspired by that, so I've set that up too, where I've, I've, I've already, I had the um, Game Scoop. Uh, Facebook group vote on their most wanted oh. games. We have those. We can compare them to ours. So. I thought you were going to say you're inspired by the Cross Magazine beef that we read through yeah. the whole issue. They hated yeah, that was show. pretty. That was pretty yeah. good. They Die Hard Game Fan didn't. And they didn't EGM. mess around. Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> but I, I also think it was very one sided. I don't think EGM <laughs> was talking about or paying much attention to Die Hard Game Fan at all. So. Agreed. That seems to be the case. Agreed. But first, we have an email from. Matt Jones, overlord of the GameScoop superfans, who we've not heard from in some time, yeah. but he writes in to say, on July 20th, 2006, IGN's This Week in Gaming received a new title, and GameScoop was born. So it's time to celebrate <laughs> Scoop's quinceañera. Over the past 15 years, the show has seen various format changes, numerous IGN contributors, multiple recurring segments, and hours of free entertainment for the audience. But there have been a few things that have always remained constant. The show has always been very informative, funny and engaging. GameScoop is my audio version of comfort food. It's hard to remember life before I could expect a fresh episode every week. It has really been a blessing in my life. I had a scoop license plate. I got to actually call in for an episode Whoa. many, many years ago, and I made my first trip ever to San Francisco to celebrate Scoop 500. GameScoop wow. is more than just another podcast. It's an institution, and to see the community around it grow and flourish has been awesome. Cheers to Big Tony style for all the great emails <laughs> over the years. <laughs> I want to give a special shout-out to the current crew of GameScoop regulars, Tina, Sam, and Justin. I've been around from the very start, so I can say this with confidence. The show today is as good as it has ever been, and that's due to the contributions of you all. Your insights, jokes, and good nature help bring me back each uh, week after week, each one of you makes the show special. So keep up the good work. As good, strong words. Yeah, I, I, I picked up on that too. I'll take it. I'll take it. There's no, been good. S- well, for a dedicated fan, called? that means a lot. Right, right, right. Yeah. Uh, what he he called himself a a, a well, whatever. Uh, what, what was the name? What was the name of the show before GameScoop? This week in gaming. Okay, I don't think I we knew that. Be- yeah, uh, that's strange. I didn't know that either. Wig. Wig. Um, used to shout, yeah. Week. This week in gaming. <laughs> so, fifteen years old, Game Scoop is now old enough to get a school permit. It can drive to school by itself. Yeah. In well, most in states, some, in, I was going to yeah. say, yeah, in some states, seventeen oh. for the rest of us. Oh yeah, no, it's sixteen, I, uh, really. You could do yeah. it in Kansas. Oh boy, in Kansas, and, it's like that thing where it's like, well, really, they have to drive the tractor. They might as well learn yeah. how to drive at eleven. <laughs> I think, I think in Iowa, they let you do whatever you want. Yeah, the, we that had, is like the actual legal term for it. Yeah, the legal phrase. Yeah, like sixteen and a half. You could have a person with a legit license in your car if you were driving, which just meant that all of your sixteen or, or yeah, sixteen-year-old friends would just be in the car with you. If you were driving. It's great. I think Perfect. in New York, you get learner's permit at maybe sixteen, and then you can get your driver's license at seventeen. But normally, mm-hmm. people get it at eighteen, no less. And then most wow. New Yorkers just don't get it at all. But right. I've had it since seventeen, so. Do you drive ever? Oh, yeah. Drive stick, no less. 
Okay. Stick. <laughs> that's like that's like using a, a, a you know a specialized controller. That's true. Pro. I'm yeah, sorry. It's I, like I, inverting I, the Y axis. I'm trying to find. Yes, I'm trying to find anagrams for this week in gaming. <laughs> oh, I'm being unsuccessful so far. I'll have to try. Oh, really? Why? When, when Twig is perfect, so Twig is pretty good. Yeah. Um, okay. Now that we've gotten our big celebration out of the way, who's excited <laughs> for a remake of Dead Space? We're all raising our hands for the yeah. people listening. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a. Not a very well-kept secret. Uh, I don't think anyone should be too, too surprised, but it's cool. It's just interesting, I, I think, because Dead Space is not nearly as old a game as, say, Resident Evil 2. Probably less in need of a full remake. Uh, you can play it on uh, Game Pass right now, and I think it still looks pretty good. So, I don't know. Uh, Tina, you say you're excited for it, though. Yeah, I mean, in general, an excuse to... Because I don't like to replay games, typically, unless the time since I played it or since it was launched has lapsed quite a bit. Um, but in this case, uh, you know, we had a we had interviews um, with the, the dev team, and they kind of extrapolated a little bit more on what the process has been like to remake the game. And they mentioned a couple of really cool things. Like, for instance, they, they have a lot of source material from the original game, from the original developers that they're looking through. And they said that it's obvious that there were some technical limitations as to why they might have made a decision to change like a corridor design in a particular way, but that they had original intentions with it, but they were limited by the platforms at the time. So now that they're looking at next gen and they mentioned that they specifically wanted to wait until next gen to overcome some of those technical limitations, they've got uh, all of that source material to work with. So who knows what's actually going to end up in the remake, but I just like the idea that Dead Space 1 might look a little bit different and might be in, might look different because they were going for the original developers' original designs and they would only be able to realize it in this generation, which is just a cool, neat thing to think about. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how fun and cool is it that, you know, it, it's not just like a pixel for pixel remake, but like, oh, no, we have the original design docs and we know what they were trying to do and had to change and they can restore some of that. Tina and I have stated that we're big fans of Dead Space uh, several times before, but Sam, I, I can't remember where you come down on the original. Yeah, so I um, really liked uh, Dead Space and then I think I like two more. Is that a general thing? Do people I, like two better? I think so, although I think I prefer the first one, but I, I think I think yeah. you have a lot of uh, supporters with that, Sam. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I wrote like guide stuff for two or three. And so I, I was really put off by three, but I can't remember why. But I really liked Dead Space because it <clears throat> is a Resident Evil clone. And I love Resident Evil 4 specifically. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like Dead Space is like, it, there was a couple of games after Resident Evil 4, which were just like, let's do this. And one of those is Gears of War. I know that that, that might sound controversial, but when it came hot in the heels of Resident Evil 4, uh, it felt really similar and it was really fun. I really liked that game. And then uh, this did too. Plus it had horror and, and you know, and then the, uh, the space part of this game, I've always liked, I've always liked that there was like um, uh, uh, places that were de-atmosphered and then you could like, you know, float through them. And there was like floating, like creepy mm -hmm. stuff, like body parts and, you know, evidence and like stuff around. Like that's my, it's totally has it all for me and I can't wait to play more of it. Now, one thing I remember about that game that's just like Resident Evil is that you never have enough ammo. You always are, um, you know, hoarding ammo. Mm -hmm. And so like a second playthrough is really gratifying once you're really good at the game and you know where all the ammo is. And I love games like that. When I can like dominate a resource and be better at the game, I love that. I love ending a game with like all the, you know, 
uh, elixirs in Final Fantasy that I've never used, stuff like that. If EA is smart, they'll add in some replayability options like Resident Evil Village, where you can New Game Plus it with infinite ammo for certain gun types, right? It was Big such head a mode. good plan for that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Shotgun. Justin, you don't like uh, spooky games. No, I, so I never played Dead Space for that reason, but I did always really, really respect the game and admire it from afar for a specific thing that it does, which is uh, uh, it has a lot of information about your character, including your ammo count and your health and your inventory in the map. Mm-hmm. And that's all explained and presented to the player diegetically in the game world, which um, I thought was really clever that you're not pulling up some different UI or different menu to access that stuff, but it was just integrated into the game and in the guns and in the weapons with the ammo counts and stuff. And I wish that was something that, you know, more games did, but, um, but you know, Dead Space is probably one of the most prominent examples of that. Yeah. No, I, I think a lot of people like Dead Space 2 probably the most. Um, it, Isaac is a silent protagonist in the first game. I think people really like the voice actor that plays him in the in the sequel. Even though it's it's a little bit more of an yeah, it's a little bit more of an actionized sequel. Like it kind of goes the Resident Evil Three route, I think. I, I like those games. I like both of those games a lot. I never played Dead Space Three because that is even that's more of like a Resident Evil Six situation. Mm-hmm. I think. I actually reviewed Dead Space Three when I was back at Kotaku, and I convinced the EIC at the time to let me give it two scores: one for the co-op, yeah, mm. one for like the co-op experience, and then one for the main game. I, I gave we did yes no, and for the main game I gave it a no, and then for co-op I said yes, but you have to pretend like it's not a Dead Space game and put all your expectations at the door, and it's just a fun co-op <laughs> experience at that point. <laughs> okay, so more of a Resident Evil Five then, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe somewhere in between. Yeah. One was a no and one was a yes? Question yeah. mark? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, did not provide a release date for the Dead Space remake. It's probably still a ways off. I don't know. Hopefully it'll be out next year. Next year sounds good to me. Put it out Halloween 2022. <laughs> sounds good. That's when I would like to play that. Oh, good plan. Game Scoop's most wanted, both uh, us, both our most wanted games and uh, the listeners slash viewers. I go to uh, the games, the uh, Facebook group, which if you're listening or watching the show. If you aren't part of the group on Facebook, I recommend you go join it. It's a good group of people coming in at number 10. Uh, game Scoop, the Game Scoop audience's most recommended games. Number 10 is Starfield. Mm-hmm. Wow. OK. Yeah. What do you think that's low or high? Well, I, I think it seems low. It's it's yeah, I mean, it's incredibly anticipated just because of its pedigree and um, uh, subject matter. But like, you know, I I wouldn't feel comfortable putting a game like that on my list until I actually see it, know what it is. Mm -hmm. Oh, I haven't seen any of the games on my list. (laughs) (laughs) Coming in at number nine, Metroid Prime Mm four. Another game we haven't seen anything. Same. That's one of mine. (laughs) We saw that logo. Yeah. Well, yeah, even that logo is four years Mm -hmm. old now. Uh, coming at number eight, Final Fantasy VII Part Two, the remake okay, Part Two. Okay, now we're cooking yeah. with gas. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> exist. I like that one. <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> this one is a little bit of a surprise. Coming at number what uh, ten, nine, eight, seven, Kina Bridge of Spirits, mm. edging out Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two. You know what? I'm happy people are excited for that game because that makes me excited for that game because every time I see it, I'm like, this is great. And then I forget about it. Yeah. So this is a good reminder. I know it's a PS5 exclusive, but I don't I don't know like what kind of game kind of game it is or what to expect. Is there an elevator pitch? 
I don't remember. Uh, I need to see a photo of it. I can't like hardly remember what that game is. It's like it's like a 3D. Oh, these are all terms that Damon won't understand because I know when we play 20 questions, he doesn't know. It's a 3D kind of uh, uh, exploration based platformer with like a cute forest set of like, you know, spirits and, and little monsters. And it's like really cool looking. Yeah, I remember this game now. I'm surprised it came in so high on the game scoop list, but it, lo- it does look really. I remember watching the trailer for this and I, I don't know if it's actually considered an indie game. I think it's like a higher end indie game. No, I wouldn't say so. Um, but yeah, it looks super, super rad. It's like a. Sony first party game, right? It's not first party, but a published game. Mm. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Damon, I noticed you're having trouble counting uh, to 10, which makes me think that we probably won a lot more 20 questions than we've lost. I don't think so. I don't think that's unfair counting. (laughs) Need to bring back back the clicker. Uh, In my my defense, I'm not counting to 10. I'm counting to one. (laughs) Right, right. It's a whole different, it's a whole different game. It's basically I'm drunk and I'm being asked to say the alphabet backwards. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. Coming at, coming at number six is Hogwarts Legacy. Mm-hmm. A little bit surprised on that one because that's another game. I don't think. I mean, we don't know a whole lot about it or when it's coming, but there are a lot of Harry Potter fans out there. Coming at number five, Horizon Forbidden West. I don't think you should count that because it's so soon. It's, it's too soon. We still don't have a release date for it. We know too much about it. We've seen too much of it. Oh, I think uh, it makes it the perfect thing for like a most wanted. Like that's a game. That's a real video game that actually exists that like, you know, we can be making. Yeah, no, deal. <laughs> no deal. We already got that game. Why would you, why would it be your most wanted? Um, that's given. I mean, at number four, God of War Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or the, mm-hmm. okay. Whatever the sequel ends one. up being called. Beating it though. Coming at number three. Metroid Dread. Oh. And maybe wow. there is just, maybe is there's because that Dread actually has a release date and people know when they're mm-hmm. going to play it. I mean, at number two, any guesses on what number two is? I, well too. I looked at the list. Oh, okay. <laughs> number two is Halo Infinite. Oh, which, well, then I know what number one is. Which means that Breath of the Wild uh, sequel is uh, the most wanted game in the GameScoop audience. 10 million people voted in this poll. <laughs> <laughs> It's cool that three of the Ra- games are a completely different spin. <laughs> three of the games that people really, really want are going to be out really soon. And Which, good, you know, good wait. platform representation too. Yeah, it's all three. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Uh, that's this is a good list. I want to play all of these games except Hogwarts Legacy, and uh, we'll see about Halo Infinite. No, it's not a knock in it. It's just I'm not a Halo super fan. So. Are we? Are we doing ours now? Yeah. Or was that just the thing? Uh, yeah, so the fan group and mine are the same. Zelda Breath of the Wild is also my most anticipated or most wanted game overall. Breath of the Wild, I, w- whatever. We get teased so much for how much we've been talking about that game for four years. So there's nothing really new to say about how incredible and revelatory it is. But like the sequel, can't wait. I love when uh, teams get a second sort of build on. I don't need that game to do something brand new and crazy and nuts. It's like, they gave us a new vision of what Del- Zelda could be, and now they get a chance to hopefully, you know, improve on the few things that people didn't like about that game, like dungeons. Like, give me Breath of the Wild, g- but give me like seven really, really good actual dungeons, and you've made the perfect video game. Do you still want the shrines? I, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, probably. I don't know. I guess I haven't thought about that. That's a good question. I don't. I don't know. 
Because I, I get what you're saying about the dungeons, but I did like the shrines. That's, you know, they're shorter puzzles, but I thought they were all really cool. Well, I guess I was mainly thinking about it in the context of the Divine Beasts. Like, sure. you know, they're, they're the weakest part of the game. And if those were real, actual Zelda dungeons, it'd be perfect. But that question threw me a little bit for a loop, Damon. I don't, I don't know if I would trade the shrines for dungeons. Hmm. Probably I don't not. like dungeons. I, I'm over dungeons. What I would like oh. is environmental. Uh, I would like... Uh, shrine sized puzzles but for them to be like on the overworld or like i just don't want them to look so you know stripped down and bare and, and like you know how they have looked I, I would like that idea where like okay it's gonna take me 10 to 20 minutes to get through this puzzle and i get something really good out of it mm. that that's good for me mm. yeah i liked i liked that there were a hundred of them and i liked that they dotted the map and i i think i remember reading somewhere 20. that they that they deliberately like if you were standing at a shrine you could always see at least two other shrines or something like that like maybe that's not yeah. every uh, constant rule but like that sort of stringing you through the map like it'd be a shame to lose that in favor of a few more intricate dungeons but the I, we definitely missed the clockwork nature of some of the best, most intricate Zelda dungeons and how they all fit together in sort of a giant 3D puzzle. There's, there's nothing else like it in video games. Mm. Justin, are you playing Skyward Sword HD? No. Yeah. Nope. No. Not interested. No. No. <laughs> dungeons. Yeah, that's the only reason why I ask. Um, okay, Justin, do you have uh, another game? I, and, and I want to point out, it's okay to double up on these because I want to have our own sort mm. of like top 10 list. And if we double up, that'll rank it higher. Just so everybody oh, knows. Understood. No, my second one is an indie game called Unpacking. That uh, it, it's it's uh, I, I can't even describe it. This is going to sound insane to try to describe it. You just need to look it up. You know, look up Unpacking okay. video game, and it's a game about you're unpacking stuff out of boxes, and then you have an empty room, and you get to choose where to put everything. And then it's really, really, really gorgeous pixel art, like isometric pixel art. And it's like, where do I want to put these books on this bookshelf? And then like unpacking a kitchen, like where should the instant pot go? And where do all the glasses, you know, stuff go? And it feels very, very zen and cozy. And I'm choosing the right spot to put everything in your new bedroom or kitchen or space. Just um, uh, I just can't wait for it. Do you know enough to know, like, what's the fail state? Like, how do you oh, lose? I don't- I don't think there is one. I think it's like a tool for (laughs) self. It's like a tool for self expression (laughs) of like, how do you want to decorate this space? Mm -hmm. I think the fail state is that is, it seems like that. Well, I don't know. The the reason I I have, I've been looking at that game too. And like, I'm worried that it's like, it's kind of like a bunch, you know, it's, it makes your house look like a basic house. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. Wait, it makes your house, your real house or the in game house. The end game. Well, how would it make your real house? Well, but that's, a, that's that's why I don't understand. It makes your house look like a basic this, house. Actually, I do. Agree. Yeah, oh, I mean, like, oh, like oh, it looks like you know, it's like somebody went shopping at IKEA and like. Okay. Yeah. I love. First of all, I love design. Look at how great this looks. Uh, and I love collecting. I see. And these look. Everything looks like a dorm room. I'm just like, all right. Like you unpack things one by one, and then you get to choose where to put them all. Doesn't it look great? Yeah, and, and shout out to our uh, producer, Alan, who just found this B-roll somehow <laughs> and had no idea we were going to be talking about this before then. Yeah. Uh, there, the fa- there, I, I want, I want is, this, but the fantasy version. It's an element. I get what you're saying, Sam, though, of like, oh, well, like, of course you put the towels on the towel rack. Like, how basic? Like, but maybe you could, maybe they should be folded up and put, like, under the sink. Like, maybe you can do something clever like that. Or on mm. floating yeah, shelves. I, I, yeah, the f- I want like unpacking your spaceship or unpacking your, you know, medieval hovel. That's the sequel, yeah. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm is it like, is it literally my most That's anticipated? On my list. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if it's literally my most anticipated, but like, <laughs> I, I, 
avidly, avidly follow the Twitter updates. And I'm like, yep, give it to me. Show me, show me another scene. The uh, fail state should be if you if you unpack too much stuff, Marie Kondo comes in and says, nope, this <laughs> is going. You're throwing all this stuff out. These clothes are going. Yeah, I know you don't like this. I yeah. know this has no meaning to you. Yeah, Touch they, this. Descri- they describe Touch it, it as a Zen puzzle joy? game. A Zen puzzle game? Yeah, meaning I don't think there's probably supposed to be a fail state if it's supposed to be yeah. a Zen yeah. game. Mm-hmm. I moved into a bigger place recently, and I'm doing whatever the opposite of Marie Kondo is. I just want to fill... I'm, I'm trying to fill this office with as much junk as I can. I mean, there's a CRT I just found on the street yesterday right next to me. Right yeah. Now. Cool. <laughs> also, it's coming to the office because it's much better than the little CRT that we had on our desk area. It's awesome. Um, okay, Tina, your most wanted games. Uh, actually, I don't think any of mine were on the Game Scoop list. Wow. Uh, so we can add them. Um, if I had to pick three, I would say Ghostwire Tokyo. Interesting. Uh, Dragon Age Dreadwolf Rises, which I was surprised mm-hmm. that that wasn't there. Whoa, whoa, and then whoa. Fate. What, yeah. what is that? What's Dragon Age Dreadwolf Rises? It's oh, Dragon well, Age 4. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Gotcha. Dragon Age, um, gotcha. And then Fable, which I was really surprised wasn't on there. Yeah, oh, well. I guess I, yeah, that, that's it's one too that far tends out, to, I guess. Tends yeah, to slip we my haven't mind. got the hype yet up for Fable, except for, sure. for the few times we've seen it. There's not been the big in-between cycles it's yeah. genuinely like i guess what i base it off of for both of those for dragon age and fable is just the fact that i have enjoyed those series so much i want that enjoyment to continue i am putting all of my hopes yeah. and dreams into those <laughs> well you know unfortunately another ea play came and went today and mm-hmm. there was no mention of dragon age 4 so it's probably going to be a while before we get any more info on that and especially when that for whenever that game actually comes out right um, but tell us about Ghostwire Tokyo. That was supposed to be out this year, but got delayed till next year. Yeah. What about it, it has you excited? Well, A, it's Tokyo, uh, and oh, Tokyo is sure. pretty yeah. cool. And then obviously yeah. there's like, you know, there's a lot of like narrative clearly there, um, which is interesting to me, but it's also supernatural narrative. And the way they weave it in with some of the horror tension elements, but also just the Tokyo elements. I don't know, all of that vibe. I mean, look at it too. It looks pretty gorgeous mm-hmm. oh, and sure. mysterious. Um, what? And a little bit. Yeah. It's spooky too. <laughs> yeah. Freaky. Okay, Sam. Okay. Most wanted. So I'm going to go with Breath of the Wild 3. Okay, <laughs> cool. Because I'm so excited <laughs> for that game. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I guess I guess 3 and 4 would be great, but yeah. No, 2 would be great. Uh, then Metroid Prime 4 was on my list. Um, right. I, I, I'm more excited for Metroid Prime 4 than Dread um, because I think it could be a uh, Metroid Prime 1 is my favorite Metroid game and I really want to play more of that. So mm. hopefully somebody gets it right. Uh, and then Gotham Knights is my other one. And oh, I can wow. decide between mm. that and Suicide Squad because I haven't seen much of it. But uh, I don't like any Batman games since Arkham Asylum. Mm. And uh, I'm, But I'm, I'm excited for... I really like the Spider-Man games and I'm like, okay, I think Batman can be done really well on next gen. And I'm really excited to play that. And then I actually do like the idea of multiple Batman like characters, bat characters. I thought that was cool. And yeah, I'm excited for that game. I hope we get to see more of it this summer. Yeah, maybe at uh DC Fandome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's where mm. it was last year. It's a good point. That's a uh, that's a surprising pick from you, Sam. If I Well yeah. another thing about it that is uh, is I'm into is that I really like Shadow of Mordor mm. and mm-hmm. I would love for I like WB makes like cool games. Like they're they're making cool stuff like this is the one that I you know, putting the eggs in this basket right now. I think it's going to be a cool mm-hmm. uh, game that might have a nemesis system, which would be really fun. Ooh. 
Uh, for my picks, I, I picked three games that are all coming out short this year that all have release dates and that'll be playing relatively soon. So Blaster Master Zero Three. Uh, and that's out next week, I think. And why, why is that an oh man? Those games are really because really I haven't played the two other Blaster Master Zeros, and the numbering convention is typically Damon. It's not typically mm. Damon, but the games are very typically Damon. Uh, and then I'm gonna go with Metroid Dread. Mm-hmm. Um, although I would love to have Metroid Prime 4 as well, but Metroid Dread is coming in October, and I know when I'm gonna get to play that. Uh, and then I'm also putting on Far Cry 6, so I'm a big. A uh, fan of yeah. clearing outposts. <laughs> I have not done the last few Far Cries, so I'll just check in on this one. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. We all picked different games except for Breath of the Wild 2, so by default, that is GameScoop. Oh, Sam- I picked three. Sam picked three. Yeah, but I'm going to count that as two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> this, is the num- this is the counting thing coming up again. <laughs> um, all right, so we are we are in... Uh, agreement with the uh, GameSoup audience. We all want to play Breath of the Wild 2. And hopefully we will next year. But what are we playing right now? They asked. Oh, and also, by the way, um, weeknights aiming. Yeah, what? I looked up some too. Uh, that one's pretty good. <laughs> weeknights um, aiming is the best one that I've seen. <laughs> yeah, it's all weeknight. That's that's really what came up, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. That, that kind of works on a game level too. You know, on weeknights you aim in video games. Makes sense. Ship that, it. That, right? I don't. That's that's yeah. uh, weeknight gin Sam. I. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, the generator that I use is, is spun up, spit, spit out a bunch of gibberish. It's hard to. Wait, so wait, yeah. Sam. Those four could be I Sam weeknight gin. Yep, that'll work. That works. Cool. <laughs> uh, oh, here's one. Here's one. Okay, ready? Yeah. This one's actually applicable. Misthinking, we age. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a good 15th anniversary game scoop one. Yeah, that is perfect, actually. <laughs> uh, okay, Tina, what have you been playing? Uh, I actually just finished finally Mass Effect Legendary, so I'll be moving on all, from that you shortly. Finished all, th- all three games? All three. Um, uh, congratulations. Thank you. I have the worst luck with this series. The absolute worst luck when I first played two, um, I didn't do all of the things and I, I lost Thane, which was really disappointing because he was my romantic interest. Mm, um, yeah. And I, I know what obviously now I certainly know what happens with Thane down the line. But regardless, it felt worthwhile. Um, and then when I tried to play three, I actually never finished it originally because something happened with my save file. It got corrupted. I didn't have appropriate backups. And I just was like, forget it. I don't want to do this. Cause I had actually replayed two to make sure Thane would survive before I played three. And so I was just done with replaying mass effect until legendary edition. I felt very excited that I got to do that um, without having to worry about that. And then I get to the end. Um, and I suppose this might be spoilers for some listeners. So fast forward a little bit from here, if you're worried about that, but you have, roughly three basic options. Um, and I went to go just like maneuver on down to one of them. Not the one, not one of the ones that automatically engage when you walk down that path. One of the ones that you actually have to interact with. Um, and something glitched out and my character couldn't move from oh there. And so I was forced into that ending option. Fortunately, it wasn't a bad one. It's probably one I would have chosen. Um, and then I replayed the last two missions and they didn't give me the achievement for the other ending I was kind of upset about that. But all of that aside, I love Mass Effect Legendary Edition. (laughs) I love all three in general. 
Um, and Mass Effect 3 has some incredible DLC. So I was happy to play it in like a normal storyline progression rather than having finished 3 and then done the DLC afterwards. So I really like that. That was cool. I, I was talking to a friend of mine about uh, she just completed the Mass Effect trilogy this week. And she was saying that the Citadel DLC mm-hmm. was amazing. I've never played any of the three DLC. And that actually got me like pretty interested in just hopping in and trying that stuff, which I don't know how far through the game you have to be to do it. But I hear it's yeah, I'd never even considered that DLC. And I hear it's awesome. They're all great. Um, there's like a Sunset Strip one, which gives you another home base uh, and a new like area of the Citadel to d- explore. So basically like more dialogue and more opportunities That's to bond awesome. with your mates. Yeah, it's just super cool and extra dialogue and fun moments. Um but yes, the other thing about Mass Effect 3 is you absolutely need a guide to get through it. And a guide will also tell you uh, this is the best order in which to play some of these missions. And then here are the best squad mates to take with you because they have more dialogue, more reactive moments, that kind of thing. So that game does not tell you a lot. Uh, you could figure it out in one very easily. Two was a little bit trickier, but it made total sense. Three, I just I had my phone next to me the entire time that I was playing. Cool. That's impressive to complete three gigantic RPGs oh, in a relatively in. short yeah. time. Yeah, you said finally, but I was like, that yeah. was really <laughs> fast. I don't think a lot of people played all three Mass Effects this summer. Yeah, yeah, and I played every single element. I had something like over 8,000 in my War Asset score by the end That's of Mass Effect 3. Yeah. And you need like 6,000, right? You like need like 7,000 like something. They okay. changed they awesome. they changed the formula for legendary edition because there was no online oh, yeah. component to let you grind out more. So I don't um, know exactly what it is, but it, but even eight thousand is a lot. Yeah, it's That's more great. than you need, and it doesn't really get you much. But when I lost Thane, it was sort of PTSD. So I decided mm-hmm. I'm going to do every single possible thing that I can do in this game because no one will die, especially my love interests. Oh, and then I got you, trapped in a horrible you, relationship. So that sucks. With who? Um, with uh, Samantha Trainer, you're like comms oh, specialist. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't want that. <laughs> yeah, she's she's like fine. And then I was telling Sam, like I started because I only play Paragon, but I started just like doing the renegade uh, yeah. or like the close to renegade conversation dialogue with her. Cause I just didn't, I don't know. I didn't like her. I wasn't going for that. I wanted Garrus or um, Liara, but it didn't work out. I, I like you can start it. the relationship and just like, just be a shit. After <laughs> yeah. That. That's the thing. If That's I such more, a weird aspect of the game. If I paid attention to the uh, guide more, I would have seen like Samantha Trainer is one that's a long term because there are some that are flings. And in yep. two, your comm specialist is a fling. So I just assumed mm-hmm. because she's, you know, she's not a part of your crew. So mm-hmm. it just it was a bummer because there are missions towards the end of three that if you take your romantic interest with you, uh, there's like additional commentary and like additional dialogue that you get. So I just I couldn't experience any of that because of yeah. Samantha. Damn you. Yeah, it's cool that Liara is back in three too. That's like one of the mm-hmm. coolest things about it. But I remember I had like locked her out of being the romantic part in three too. So I was like, okay, even though she was my interest in one. Yeah, uh, was, you can't was, cheat I on can't her. I, I kissed Thane in uh, the the hospital, and then she was like, "So you're mm-hmm. back with Thane, huh?" And I'm like, "Uh, he's dying. There's no going back with Thane. What are you talking about?" You Spoiler, can, You weren't in the last game. <laughs> exactly. Well, she's in DLC. She has a pretty big role in it in the DLC. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can you can two timer in two and then rekindle things in three. Yeah. But that's that's the extent. Oh, okay. of it. Which is what I did. So but I then I went to the hospital and like, what am I supposed to do? See Thane while he's dying and not give him some love and affection? I mean, he's dying, Liara. Yeah. Like, give me a break. Thane. Also, Thane rules, so there's no yeah. you get no. It's a judgment free zone here when it comes to Thane. Thank you. This is I the lizard that. man. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Justin, are you also playing Mass Effect? 
Um, yeah, I, I have a tendency to like put down games before a big, I'm at the end of two Hmm. and I've been at the end of two for like weeks. So am I still playing it or am I done with it? I'm not quite sure, but I can't like bring myself to go on the suicide mission and like finish the game. Um, even though I know, like, I know, you know, I have everybody's loyalty and I know I'm going to be fine, but like, did you upgrade your ship? Yeah, I did everything. I know, I know I'm good to go and I just haven't done it. And so, um, so no, like the, the game that I'm playing right now is a few things. I was traveling. And so I've been doing a lot of Apple Arcade. Mm-hmm. They re-released Angry Birds on Apple Arcade. I know. Yeah. I've been meaning um, to download it. And like, it is such a game changer. I already know the comments are going to be mean to me for this, but like <laughs> when there's, when there's no in-app purchases mm-hmm. and no ads, Angry Birds like, is really good. Games, yeah, like Angry Birds and Cut the Rope and like Doodle God and like all these classic iPhone games with no IAP and no ads. It's like it's a genuinely like great experience. Yeah. And they're actually I bounce back and forth between my phone and um, like a really nice high end iPad and they all have seamless cloud saves. So it's like you can just pick up and play on whatever platform. So um, since I was traveling, I've been catching up on some of the Apple Arcade latest stuff um, and <laughs> playing it's the weirdest game. There's a there's a uh, Taiko Drum Master RPG on Switch. Cool. Um, so Taiko no Tetsujin uh, Rhythmic Adventure Pack because it's like a two pack of DS or 3DS games that they like upresed for Switch. Mm-hmm. And um, large parts of these games are terrible. Um, the story <laughs> is completely terrible, and all the exploration is terrible. But the core premise of like you know, you get into these fights and then it's like a little 60 second rhythm, like play this song. And then you're dealing damage based off, you know, how accurately you hit the Taiko drum beats. Like that part is good enough that I'm willing to wade through the terrible stuff. Mm. And um, I'm kind of addicted to those right now. Cool. Hopefully they'll re-release. Well, maybe, maybe this probably causes licensing issues, but Angry Birds Star Wars, both those games. It was the, really good. Angry Birds Star Wars was the best one. Yeah. Loved it. They need to make. I know I said it on the show a month ago or whenever, but they should make Angry Birds Avengers. Yes, we, those are those are basically puzzle games. So it's like it's kind of interesting to think like that's like one of the best like kind of physics based puzzle game ever made. And I never think about that when I'm like composing lists in my head or professionally or anything. I'm like, oh yeah, Angry Birds puzzle games. It's one of those things where like I'm like I'll play one or two levels and then it's like 45 minutes later and I've just been sitting there for a long time. Like it's really good. <sighs> Uh, Sam, are you still playing Death Store? Yes, yes, I'm playing Death Store. Mm-hmm. It's a game about a burb. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, it, it's you know, it has it has the elements of Zelda that I'm not the most into, but it's still fun to play a little like you're a little person walking around, little bird walking around, slashing stuff game. And uh, the bosses feel good, but it's more sword and rolling <clears throat> than Zelda is, right? You do a lot mm-hmm. of like much faster, twitchier fighting. But um, there's parts of this game that have such a fun, cool style. And there's like, you know, enemies that are sometimes like really creepy. And there's a, uh, you know, and then the dungeons are like old school Zelda dungeons. There's just a lot going on, a lot to figure out. You get a power and you get to solve it. And like, so it has all that going for it. It really, I really don't have much to complain about except for like, I just wish it had an overworld and then it would just be the coolest game. (laughs) It just doesn't have that. It has a lot of exploration, but it's within corridors, north, south, east, west. Uh, There's a bunch of secrets. There's a bunch of like cool hidden secrets, but you know, it doesn't have that. Like it'd be, it would be a really amazing Zelda like Mm -hmm. if it had like a big overarching tie it together thing. It has a kind of a small interior overworld. That's just kind of like portals between places. I know what do you think? It's, it's on Xbox. Is it on game pass? 
No. Or just Xbox and PC. No. Yeah. It's not on Game Pass as of right now. I think I'm going to have to buy it. Yeah. I bought it last night and started playing it, played a couple hours and I, I, I'm liking it as well. It definitely has like a cool style to it. I don't think it really looks like a lot of other games. And I like that there are a lot of like hidden secrets seemingly everywhere. But Sam, I don't, I wonder if, if this irked you too. It kind of drives me crazy that there's no map. Mm. Yeah, I know. Well, and there's no map because like everything's hidden. The things that are hidden in that game are like, you know, hidden. Like you can see so much of that. It's like North, South, East, West, as I was saying. It's like it's an isometric game. You can see all around you. And the, like when you find a secret, it like tilts over to that. It shows there's like more area over there. Mm-hmm. So like a map would, I just don't see a map being feasible for it. And, and they would have had, but a simplified one would have been really helpful. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have that. And it makes it hard to backtrack, really hard to backtrack. Um, it's, it means that like you have to kind of remember what you're doing and yeah, it's not, it's not ideal for that reason, but it, it makes a lot of like interconnected fast travel connections, which are good. I think it picks up when you start caring about how strong your sword is, mm. how fast you are and start treating it a little bit like a Twitch shooter, which, which, which happens like you're dodging and your attack become really important. You can start powering this up. And I started like, you know, grinding for that a little bit, maybe like a little bit after the first dungeon. The uh, first of the big, like real dungeons, and now I like it a lot more. Now I can't wait to play it, but it took me a little while to ramp up to that. But I, I really do like. I think GameScoop fans that like retro games and like, um, you know, like like old school, um, top downy Zelda type games, like will really like this game for what it is. It's just not. It's not everything that a Zelda game is. It's not a Zelda like in my opinion, but it's a, a really cool exploration adventure game. We IGN gave it a nine out of ten. Amazing action adventure. It's a great review too. Brendan Graber wrote it, and uh, I thought he did a killer job with it. it. It'll tell you what you need to know. Yeah, it's actually been getting good reviews everywhere. It's one of the best reviewed games of the year uh, over on, on Open Critic. Uh, For me, it came out of nowhere too. I mean, yeah. that's that's more a reflection on me because it, it's it, I should be paying attention to these little games and and that like, clearly would appeal to me in championing them, and I've tried to. I'm really excited for Tunic. Keep on mentioning that. Yeah, this is this is in that vein. So. Hope people check it out. Yep. I will we, keep, um, I'll keep at it even though I'm already getting lost without a map. <laughs> yeah, every, it'll get lost. Everyone in my social circle is playing this game and loving this game. And I've been watching, like, you know, as people are uploading clips and onto Twitter or when it, wherever. And I did not know until you mentioned it, Sam, that you are a bird. Yeah, I yeah. thought I thought you were a man and because the gameplay is isometric, like yeah. the cameras pulled up above mm-hmm. you, and I thought it was a man in a white cloak. Yeah, or yeah, black, you're, and you're cloak. a little um, crow. And so yeah. you're like uniform. It's like a kind of a cell shady game too. So you're kind of uniform and you only see the crow when you're in motion. But one yep. of the coolest things about it is that the crow has these uh, moments where it's looking around like a bird. It's like when you stop, it's doing that kind of twitch thing where its beak is kind of like looking all around like this. And it's just like, you're reminded of your bird every once in a while. It's I, it's one of yeah. my favorite parts of the game is the characterization of like, you're also really tiny compared to everything in the game, which always feels cool to me. Like everything is just like, feels like it's just going to clobber you great it's yeah. great stuff yeah. cool game I, I i thought you were a man in a black cloak and like a pointy <laughs> like a pointy hood coming out it'd be the reveal uh a scoop gym i've also been playing cotton reboot which is out this week and uh it's very fitting because we ran into it when we were flipping through the magazine last week so cotton is it's a pretty cool story cotton was a Japanese arcade shooter that was ported to several home platforms in Japan, but in the US it was only brought out on the TurboGrafx 16, which is a platform that only I and Kanye West owned. And it was also, uh, it wasn't, it was kind of like a, 
it wasn't a great port. It definitely wasn't nearly as good as the arcade original. So like, but it was a game that if you were reading gaming magazines in the early nineties, you would have been aware of it because it was getting a lot of coverage in the press. So it's really cool that they would just take something pretty obscure, uh, but for gamers, uh, uh, of a certain age would, they would definitely have fond memories of reading about, but maybe never played. They re-released it. Uh, the, the this is based on the best home version, which is some Japanese console called like the X68000. It's very strange. But then they also totally remade it with uh, um, upgraded visuals, even though there's still pixel art. It's like fancy pixel art, like Dead Cells that wouldn't have been possible in the early 90s. And they also they even uh, um, sort of tweaked the gameplay mechanics and added a new, a new mechanic where you see the gems that are floating around the enemies use. If you shoot the gems, your shot will be refracted uh, to, a di- to two diagonals and will become more powerful. So uh, it sort of introduces a, a new way to play the game. And it's really cute. It's a side-scrolling cute em up where you play as a witch and a little fairy who's her helper and uh, definitely a, a Damie game. And it's cool. This is my actual first time playing it and I've been really enjoying it. What's Cotton? The name of the cotton, little witch? The witch. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Co- cotton and silk. <laughs> yep. Oh. Let's check in with the listeners. Hey, listeners. Listeners, remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Joel Hartzell did. He says, hello, Omega Cops, longtime listener and big fan. With the recent Metroid Dread announcement, <laughs> it seems everyone is excited and buying the Wii U to purchase and play all the old great Metroid games on the console. Is that really a thing that's happening? Yeah, what? actually, I just had to deal with that because to legally get um, Zero Mission and uh, Fusion, that's that's the way to do it because you can capture off the Wii U. They're mm. in the store. You, they're in the eShop. The Game Boy Advance games are in the eShop, and so having a Wii U is like pretty cool to be able to play those games on your big TV right now. Now you could do that in a couple other ways. You could get a Game Boy Player and a GameCube, right? Mm-hmm. But this is an accessible system, more accessible than a GameCube at this point. But I do want to point out that like F- Fusion and Zero Mission are not rare, hard to find GBA games either. Like Zero you can Mission get them for is- like I. I see it on eBay for like twelve bucks. Are, I don't know. Maybe they're those are, are not fake? those are yeah, they're fakes. Ah, uh, those jerks. Yeah, it's I traded away my zero emission for a very good trade, by the way. I got the best deal out of it. But now I do miss it. To Mark Ryan. Wow. I I have a zero emission cart. Maybe I should turn that into one hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah, I think the boxed version of that is hundreds of dollars. Well, Joel says, this has all got me thinking. Do you guys think that Dread may finally be Metroid's chance to make a bigger impression on a larger audience and will sell really well? Maybe get some new fans. I don't want to wait another 20 years for another Metroid game. I want Nintendo to see that people really, really do love these games and they should make more more often. Thoughts? No. (laughs) No, certainly not. No, and I say that as a gigantic Metroid fan, like I'm resigned to this franchise's fate as always being like, not even a half tier, but like a full tier underneath, you know, Zelda, Mario, <laughs> like the big Nintendo greats. Like, like, let's be realistic. I think the game looks really cool. I'm really, really excited about it. And I love that we're getting a 2D Metroid. But like, you know, there's a ceiling to how big like a, a 2D, you know, or a 2.5D, you know, action game can can be in 2021, in my opinion. Mm. I thought that too, but then, you know, we've had a couple breakouts uh, in the past and the fact that the switches, I mean, I suppose, you know, Metroids have been on handheld consoles for forever, but something about the switch feels far more mainstream in its accessibility. So it's possible that like an HD version and especially for people, you know, because so much time has lapsed, especially for people who never got 
to play the series or never got into it, it might be an entry point. But if I had to guess, like the first person prime series would probably be more popular. Mm-hmm. Sam, what do you think? Well, I think like, you know, Metroid barely came back at all at any point. Mm-hmm. I think what really caused its resurgence was Smash Brothers. And I think like, you know, the existence of Samus as like an original Smash Brothers character like really helped and then kind of like resurfaced and, you know, these kind of unpopular and they are unpopular Game Boy and uh, GameCube games that were just like super critically acclaimed. I think like like the, the fact that like Sakamoto has like such clout and, you know, in Nintendo is making it so you can make these games, but I can't believe Nintendo keeps on making them like they never sell well. I, I don't think it, it'll ever stand a chance of selling well with the route it's going either, except for I think that that, that, that you know, Prime briefly was like the best looking game in the world. And that stood a chance of being a shooter that everybody wanted to play. I don't think we can even get back to that. So I don't know. I think Metroid is a little bit doomed. One, one issue with Metroid is that. Dread. What, what, um, yeah. Uh, one, one issue with Metroid that would be really solvable and cool would be if they like gave it like an interesting universe and made Samus an interesting character and stuff. And they've, that's just gone so poorly. Uh, Metroid yeah. Other M was terrible for that. And, you know, any development of that universe has just been a real problem. So it's like there's, that's another way to, like, stretch people's interest in a series, right? Like that game, that, that series is, like, only about the gameplay. And, like, I think some to some extent how cool Samus is anyway. But, like, we've never been drawn into that as, like, whoa, like Halo will draw you into that universe. It's so cool. The world building is so amazing. And the more you learn about it, the cooler it was. Uh, it's not that I don't think it's been that way for Metroid either. So it, it has an up, uphill battle. For for as long as I have been a gamer and a Metroid fan, like Metroid fans have been beleaguered from the beginning, right? Like it, it's it's um you know we've forever been on the back foot and like you know like sort of clamoring for respect and um the fact that that might not be the case, like oh like there's a new Metroid game and it looks great. There's two new AAA Metroid games coming out. It's like I kind of don't know what to do with myself. Like you know my opener was like. Of course, Metroid Dread is going to be a commercial disappointment just because like that's where like my headspace is as someone that's uh, that's been a big fan of this franchise from the beginning. But um, I would love, 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 you know, Nintendo can trip over themselves and sell a million copies of something. Yeah, everything that you guys are saying about Metroid's history is true. Maybe maybe the difference here is the phenomenal success of the Nintendo Switch and the fact that Nintendo has released so many million-selling games of its own on that platform. Well, to both I mean, your point and Tina's point, like that, the, the, that system is is a hardcore gaming system and a accessible, like you know, fun entry-level system. But Nintendo hasn't had that with a popular Metroid on it since like Super Nintendo. Like the, the GameCube was a hardcore system that nobody purchased, and so nobody like you know got into the Nintendo that way. The Wii was a huge system everywhere. The mm-hmm. DS too, but neither of them had big Metroids on them that were great. They're they're just okay at best. Um, yeah. It's just weird. Like it's been a long time since there's been like a system with a big hardcore audience that's matched what Metroid is, which is like Nintendo's cool like twitchy hardcore game. Yeah, so maybe it maybe it could work. It, well, and you're right, and it, it's built up a lot of goodwill. It, you know, people like I think every Metroid Dread has been really well received, which you know is not a guaranteed thing. Like people could have looked at it and given it some side eye, but like once everybody saw it in motion or saw the extended gameplay demo, like I was certainly won over, and I feel like a lot of other people online were actually like 
okay, okay, okay. Like, you know, Nintendo kind of got at least the hardcore fan base on board. Um, and then we'll have to see if that spills over into, you know, into the masses. I guess. I feel like. Go ahead, go ahead Damon. No, no, you go ahead. I was just going to say, I feel like uh, I'm trying to load our analytics right now and it's not really working. But I feel like because um, they, they had Metroid Dread at the Nintendo Direct this year um, for the E3 showcase. And I feel like our our coverage didn't really pop, which is usually a good right. indicator of where the audience is at with it. I feel like it feels like it kind of came and went without a lot of fanfare um, around it, at least, you know, from from our circle or, or from what I detected off of it. So that's usually a pretty good sign, too, of where people, like how much people are excited about it. Whereas like Metroid Prime 4, our logo blew up however many years ago that was, I think 2017 oh, right. or so. It totally did, yeah. Yeah. I think that's totally accurate. <laughs> that's true. I'm just glancing at our YouTube and it's like, you know, 300,000... Yeah, I mean it's big. It's not small. Three hundred thousand, but like yeah. you know, Halo yeah, is one. I, I Halo is one point five million. Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy is a million. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's the differentiation between like mid tier success and like triple A Halo level success. Mm-hmm. Nintendo has like a, a weird thing they're doing now too, where it's like they got everybody to get Animal Crossing and Switch. So it's like, what are they pushing some of those audience people towards? Like that's not Metroid. They could expand the audience, but I don't think it's going to yeah. be a big overlap with selling games. I think they got a bunch of people to play Super Paper Mario. That ended up being like a really uh, popular game afterwards for our traffic. If we if if Smash really kept Metroid, you know, or managed to pull it off of off of life support, Sam, if you're right about that, like Smash kept the torch alive, like please do the same for F Zero. Come on, <laughs> it's 2021. It's time for a new F Zero. <laughs> We're in we're in an era of such amazing racing games and arcade racing games and everything too. Like I don't know where where F Zero could find it find a way into that. Oh, but there's nobody like there's nobody doing like the you know sixty FPS just blazing fast just insane speed of like an F Zero GX style racing game anymore. Like it just Loops. doesn't exist. Upside downies. Yeah, loops and upside downies. Extracurricular activities. Has mm-hmm. has everyone finished? I think you should leave season two. Yes. Tina, no, none of it. No, but maybe, not yet. maybe. Did you watch the first season? No, I'm behind because actually the first episode I watched with Justin. I don't even know two years ago or so. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. And I just I never caught up, so I need to finish season one before I even go into season two. Well. It's it's very good. It's yeah. not as good. That's what I was just going to say. Mm-hmm. I, w- I wanted to see if you guys agreed with me. I liked it. I laughed a lot, but it's missing like it's missing like the hot dog suit caliber <laughs> sketch or the bones are their money. There's nothing that's like top, like God tier S tier funny like that to me. Yep, I agree. Yeah. Also, that show was already uh, divisive. Like I have friends that just absolutely hate it mm. just hate it that's my wife just, yeah. just just can't yeah that's, that's yeah. my wife <laughs> there's, there's, there's dividing line there. and this season would not help you make no. that case to those people it doubles down on the grossness and the loudness yeah it, it has more yeah. screaming um season it's one so had a little bit screaming. more variety to the nature like the you know there's no screaming in like the hot dog sketch and like season two the punchline seems to always be just like escalating into screaming which like it's hilarious but like it's a nine out of ten and not like a ten out of ten like yeah. season one mm. My, I'm trying to find my brother-in-law actually had a, I thought a pretty poignant uh, breakdown of what he thinks the show is really all about. He said the show's comedic insight is that as folks get older, 
especially dudes, they get focused and obstinate about single issues. It's like, it's <laughs> ah, actually pretty good. It does kind of explode that in a lot. And they have a bunch of uh, older, older dudes as uh, <laughs> guest stars <laughs> at playing those characters. Yeah. I do like, I want like season two, like, it, it hits. Like, I keep thinking, oh, it's not as good as season one, but then I remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you think about I it flash, and you start laughing. Yeah. I flash on the bits of the show, like the hat, the hat one where the woman's reading off the text messages <laughs> in court. And then they go on this long diatribe about him having dice in his pocket that has nothing to do with anything. And he's sliding the dice on the floor. The cube shapes in his pocket. That's pretty good. (laughs) So, Um, oh, go ahead, Sam. No, please. I was going to say, Tina, what have you been watching? Um, I watch a lot of stuff. So I'm going to tell you guys about four things that I've watched recently or am watching. Uh, I'm going to list them off and then you guys tell me what you want to talk about. Never have I ever. Dave, which I recognize I'm a little late to. Um, F9, which I actually saw in theaters. Oh. It was the first movie that I've seen in theaters cool. for almost two years now. Um, and then Kevin can F himself, which I feel like a lot of people haven't heard about. Which has the woman who plays Alexis in Schitt's Creek in it. Yep, hmm. that's the one. Who's, a, and who's she, amazing. Yeah, she's great. She uh, plays a very different character, a very different mm-hmm. type of role. And it's interesting. I thought the gimmick, so if you guys don't know, it's basically... Um, I guess kind of uh, like a commentary on sitcoms and how like obnoxious um, the the husband characters tend to be. I think it's supposed to be based off of like a Roseanne or Roseanne type kind of There's a thing. There's even a show called like Kevin's something something. Oh, I the, see. The, the, Maybe the it's name that. Comes from, yeah. It's like the doughy sitcom, you mm-hmm. know, husband. There's always like yep. a you know a. a, a Beautiful, competent wife. She's always competent. Yes, exactly. That's what it is. And so they do, they switch back and forth between like the production style of a sitcom with a laugh track and everything. And like he says things and it's funny in a sitcom level. And then they go back to like a more of a like HBO drama kind of production quality and style. And you actually see how miserable she is and how much she's putting up with and uh, how unhappy she is. And it, it spirals. It gets pretty dark at points. Mm. Um, but it's interesting. I really enjoyed it. And I thought she did an excellent job. A lot of the characters are cool. Did you like F9? I uh, really enjoyed it only because <laughs> I love Fast and Furious. I've, I've been on since uh, Fast and Furious 1. And like, I knew they were going exceptionally ridiculous with this one because they're embracing that that's kind of how people are viewing the series now. And that's like how they're able to thrive. So I knew, you know, that they're going to space and like, you know, ridiculous scenes like that. And actually somehow weirdly works. Uh, and there's a, there are a couple of lines where they start to introduce something even more fictionalized that I won't spoil, but I was really worried they were going to make that a reality by the end of the movie. And I was so thankful that they didn't would not be surprised if they did that in the future or as a spinoff or something. But if you embrace that, uh, it's an excellent comedy with some fun action in between Mm -hmm. the dialogue is some of the worst it's ever been. Um, and I, I recognized it was fun to be back in a theater because, which I only recommend if you, you know, if you're vaccinated and if there are good, protocols, safety mm-hmm. protocols in your state. Um, but uh, what I what I realized and, and I enjoyed kind of remembering was the audience factor. So sure. you get to kind of hear how everybody's reacting. So it was basically like me laughing when no one else was laughing <laughs> and then just like enjoying the action along with everybody else. But it was a fun experience. Justin, you still... Did anybody see Black Widow? I saw Black Widow. I, in, I saw it in theaters and it's mm-hmm. it's good. Whoa, cool. It's good. It's like, it's a, it's a fun movie. Um, it, it's like, it is not, 
essential MCU viewing because it's like a it's a, a no, pretty cool. Yeah, you know. yeah. My my take on it was that it was it's it's poorly written. It just has bad dialogue and, and bad acting. Well, a lot of it. There's too but much. The like, it's pretty cool. There's too much talking like about the red room and just like talking, talking, talking about the widows and like, yeah. And it's like, it's one of the lamest villains of all the MCU. He's just like everybody in that, in that, in that show or that movie explains the plot to each other just constantly. It's just annoying. And and, like, I'm not saying that it's like a critic or something like it's just noticeable. It's like, why are these people talking right now? Like it's just, it goes on and on and on. Um, But I did like Josh's family. I thought they're all very likable and her sister's great. Yeah, she's like she, the best part. She, she, she steals the show. Really likable and a good role. Yeah, uh, like that. And then Never Have I Ever is my favorite show on television right now. I really recommend anybody watch that. It's an amazing teen comedy. It's so well written. It's great. And season two, <laughs> just the kid actors they have in the show are so funny. It's I think it's better than Freaks and Geeks. And Freaks and Geeks is one of my favorite shows ever. And it scratches that same itch. I mean, it doesn't have the nostalgia, but I think that's even better for it. It's mm-hmm. like it's modern kids with modern quirks that are just so smart and funny. And there's so much to like empathize with them on and so much to just cringe at when they just make mistake after mistake after mistake. It's just like, a, it's like a John Hughes movie or a freaks and geeks. It's just fantastic. Mm. And is that, a, and the, is that on Netflix? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. yeah two short Netflix. seasons. And apparently and, the, the lead um, actress hasn't been in literally anything else before or anything else of note. And she just kind of came in and stole the show and, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing, you know, Mindy Kaling kind of casted her as uh, just the perfect hothead for, for that role. It's amazing. Yeah. And they have really funny, like they pair up the characters with uh, surprising narrators um, and kind of get that kind of arrested development narration jokes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, they actually have a little bit of like cool in jokes with them and they're really surprising. It's just such a smart show. Like it, it's it's very impressive. Love it. And then um, I want to see. Uh, Kevin can have himself too, because I just finished Shit's Creek like last week. Mm. Um, and what an amazing run that was. I mean, yeah. like, and I think Alexa is my favorite character. Like, I think she's so that actor, and I'm sorry, I don't have that actor's name on the tip of my tongue right now is so funny. And she won awards for that role. And I can totally see why it's just, she, she created a character like nothing else in any other show I've ever seen. Just great. It's yeah. her name is Annie Murphy. Annie Murphy. Thank you. I feel like Canadian. I feel like Schitt's Creek is like a rare case where the show may have ended too soon. Like I could have watched, God, I could yeah. have watched a couple more seasons of that. Characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I do like how the arc ended up with like the most, a couple of amazing relationships, yeah. but David, David's relationship is like one of the best like plot lines and storylines. It's just like a tearjerker and you're just cheering and it's just like, Oh yeah. my gosh, it's just, it, it's just amazing. Yeah. It was great. that brings us to video game 20 questions our suggestion this week comes from rob in melbourne australia let the questioning begin is this a metroid like <laughs> no thank you for going for on brand mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. <laughs> um, I listen. yeah there's a uh, uh there wasn't any s or super nintendo really seen in australia they, they got, went big on Jenny. What was it called there? Mega Drive? Mega Drive. Mm-hmm. Was um, it the Mega Drive in Australia? Was it the Mega Drive yeah. everywhere but the United States or only it Europe? It is. And I know that because I am, I've imported uh, like a vinyl soundtrack before. It was like this game on Mega Drive. And I was like, oh, that was in Australia. Sonic's cool. ultimate Mega Drive collection. So it's probably... That's cool. All right. So is this from after 2000? 
Yes. Is this a horror game? No. I'm out of all of my on brand <laughs> options. Yeah, it might be a tricky one. Okay, is uh, this a um is this a shooter, an RPG <laughs> or a fighting game? No. Okay. okay. That worked. Is this game played from a uh, 2D perspective? Yes. That's five. Is it a yeah. puzzle? Yeah. Is, <laughs> is it a puzzle game? No. It's probably a platformer, right? Mm. Ooh, that's, that's what I assumed when. Yeah, fair why. enough. Is it a platformer? Yes. Yeah. All right. So, jumpy 2D game post 2000. We're pretty good. Yeah. But not a Metroid like, which we can yeah, pull that question back in. Yeah. Nice. Worked. Um, is it part of a series? Yes. Oh, okay. So that's more of a, like a spinoff at one point, or like yeah. there was only two and it's non-existent anymore. Does this have pixel? Wait, did we ask this? Does this have pixelated graphics? You haven't asked that. Are you asking that? I would like to ask that. No. Do you think Damon thinks that Metroid games aren't Metroid likes because they're Metroid games? <laughs> is a Metroid game a Metroid like? Yeah, because so it's, it's a, if it's a Metroid, yeah. it can't be like a Metroid. Right. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit insulting to call a Metroid game a Metroid like. We need a judgment, Damon. What are you asking me? <laughs> would you call? Hey, this is not counting. This doesn't count. Would yeah. you? This call, doesn't count. Yeah. Would you call a Metroid game a Metroid like within the, the confines yeah. of our asking? Yeah. For the purposes of this game, I would say yes. Okay. Cool. Okay. But fair. you'd probably like do like a winky face. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a 2D, it's a g- game that plays from a 2D perspective, but doesn't have pixel art graphics. It's a platformer. It's, so it's a 2D platformer with 3D graphics, basically. That's not a Metroid like. And it's a series question mark. Yeah, sort it's part of a sort of part mark. of a series. Yeah, sort of part of a series. I don't know. Like ooh, a level uh, lim- limbo inside. Mm-hmm. Should we go? Is that kind of like, or is that like does the, kind of a half of a series? Does the game have um, like, does the game have like distinct levels? Like you go from level one to level two, or is it more like, well, yeah, okay. It's yes or no questions. So <laughs> yes. And that is 10. It has levels. Yes. Yeah. There are distinct levels. So it's, that's rare. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know. Like, the, the franchise question throws me off a little bit, but, like, there's nothing stopping this from being new Super oh. Mario Brothers. <laughs> like, Or Donkey Kong Country. Yeah, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Is this game developed by Nintendo? No. Ah, well, the developed... Oh, what if it's developed by Retro? Retro, uh, Nintendo owns Retro. Don't Does they? Damon know that? <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> um... Can you play this on Switch? Not yet. <laughs> I hate it. And it has, I mean, would it like it like Spel- Spelunky? Two. Does that count as having distinct levels? It's got distinct environments. Not you go through the door, and now nice, you're in the lava nice area. Not made by mm. Nintendo. Two D. Gameplay with 3D graphics, level based. It could also be something that was rebooted, so it's not really part of a series, mm. but mm. It, it's an extension. Yeah. Blaster Master Zero. With <laughs> no pixel art, though. You know what? No pixel art could also mean like cell shaded or really flat painterly art. 
Yeah, right. we're not we're not doing very good. Like this could be there's a million like it could we're be great. You go back to gens or like yeah. try to distinguish is it PC versus a handheld game? Yeah. Maybe it's all of the above. I, I kind of need to know if it's after 2000 whatever 10 or whatever cuz like if it's from the like PlayStation 2 era or something like well, that's a whole different ball game. Mhm. Mhm. GBA mm-hmm. or if it's a handheld as you said like that's like super important like there's a lot of handheld games. Um should we do those two questions? Yeah. Did this appear as a handheld game? No. Uh, and then did this come out? Well, oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry for the confusion. The answer is still no. The answer is still no. I, I tripped myself. <laughs> what? What just happened? I know. Yeah, exactly. You said it's got to be something about like originally released on versus it eventually came to handheld the still in some not. capacity. Yeah, but yeah, it was, because it's not on Switch yet. Right. Okay. So, so okay. wait, do, is what Damon just did say? No. Hold on. Hold on. No. The answer no. still no. Yes. Got yeah. It. Okay. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> got it. So not handheld. Uh, yeah. Is this from after 2010? Yes. Okay. I don't know. Killer Queen. Killer Queen Black. <laughs> oh, no levels there. Right. I don't know. Is it a Okay, I'm going to phrase this. I'm going to phrase this very specifically. Hmm. Is it a platform exclusive? No. That's 15. So cross, that means cross platform. Mm -hmm. So it could be like PC and console, some combo. Mm -hmm. Um, Should have asked that before we asked the Nintendo stuff. Um, Yeah. This there's not, not that, a lot of like 2D platformers that people love. I mean, do, no, does there's the, not. Does the limbo inside thing like apply to this right now? Yeah, that doesn't have levels. There's not. There's not that many. Like In, you know, inside, a li- inside doesn't have levels, but I think limbo does. No, it's the same. Uh, like you know, there may eventually be like a fade. I don't think so. I think it's contiguous. Okay. Uh, what about your like Meat Boys and stuff like that? Super Meat Boy and Celeste. Super Meat Boy is pretty good. Celeste is pixel art. Could be like Super Meat Boy Forever or maybe even Meat Boy. I don't know if I would call it the original Meat Boy pixel art. Mm-hmm. I, I keep picturing like Shadow Complex, you know, which is obviously a Metroid like. Mm-hmm. Or like. What about it? Should we ask if it's like considered a difficult game? Like, I think like. Mm. Celeste and Super Meat Boy are considered like really difficult. Whereas like there's like kids platformer games, you just kind of walk through it. Like, or we could go it. enemy routes. Enemies good. Like what? What you killing? You don't. You don't kill anything. Or how you killing it? Well, or you know, there's no enemies in Meat Boy, mm-hmm. except for bosses. Yeah, and like mechanical stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the enemy is saw blades. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of saw blades. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, should we just ask the general? Do you kill stuff in this? Yes. Is that, is that it? Oh, I guess I asked. Oh, sorry. <laughs> okay, so not not the meaty boy. Not, um, what are we missing here, Damon? Ah, what are you missing? I don't mention this game yet. Wait, what was the answer to uh, before 2010 or not? Was it it's from after 2010. Oh. 
I completely glossed over that. So it's like fairly recent. What about maybe we're missing that it's a roguelite? Yeah. But it's got levels. Yeah, maybe you're right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, there's too many ways for this to go from here. Is this roguey? Yes. Okay, that helps. Whoa. Roguish? Maybe it is Splunky 2 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can't... It, no, but it because we, we said Spelunky, and then we asked, did we say the name, right? We no, asked we did, the question, we did, did, did we question. say this? Oh. Should I stop naming other roguey 2D games? Because I can keep naming them, but if we're going to use the oh. hack, it might make it harder. Yeah. Spelunky is not pixel art? The original is. I don't think 2 is. Really? Well, but then they remade the original. Whenever I picture Splunky, I always picture the freeware original. I mean, original. we can agree that Rogue Legacy. No, that's not really pixel art either, because it's like kind of just drawn. So this Rogue Legacy, you know, there's Dead Cells, which is pixel art. Yep. All right. So there's a there's, we have a couple questions. So Risk of Rain. Maybe narrow it down by what weapons you have. Mm. Guns versus knives and swords, or something. I don't know. They all so those Lucky games have a lot of that, huh? All that stuff. Mm. <laughs> you have a whip. <laughs> when it takes place, who knows when Dead Cells takes place? That doesn't make sense. I don't know how to narrow these down. Yeah, it um, can't. Do you it get can't. to choose your character in any of them? No, right? Uh, you sort of do in Rogue Legacy because you pick which offspring you want to be. I think it's probably um, Splunky too, but I don't know why Damon would be weird about it being part of a series. Because maybe, it's the second, because it's the second one, I guess. No, but that would still make it part of a series. It would have to be like a point oh five. Same. Is that a clue? Are there cats in it? I'm not actually asking that one. It, um, watch there be cats in it. Part of a series is interesting because that eliminates dead cells. Yeah. So this game would probably it also could be a roguelike based on some other series. It could also have an unreleased sequel and that could be the hesitation. Yeah, I mean especially on Switch, right? Which is Splunky Especially 2. if it's coming to Switch. Splunky 2's out on other platforms. Mm. But um but Rogue Legacy 2 is in early access right now. It, should we just ask is this game a sequel? No, let's not waste it. Okay. How many? What, what question count are we at, Damon? Uh, sixteen. You're <laughs> seventeen. Are you, you have two questions and you, a guess. This is a lot of deliberation. Yeah. Oh boy. Should we should we ask if we've named the game? Is I it that time? Like, yes, I think yeah. it's that time. Have we said the name of this game yet? Yes. <laughs> so now we have one more. Which of the roguelikes is it? It's it's either Rogue Legacy or it's it's Rogue Legacy or Splunky, and then it's either one or two for both of them. Is this a sequel? Yes. So it's Splunky two. That's the one coming to Switch next. I th- I think so. I mean, yes. I, yeah. that one was delayed for Switch. I think. Okay. Let's do it. Okay. Is it Splunky two? It sure is. Oh, oh yeah. Splunky we did it. Two. Oh, I didn't picture the graphics looking like this now that I'm looking back at it. Yeah, yeah, Justin's right. The original, original, the OG Splunky was pixel art. 
when they yeah, and this is this is inspired by pixels, right? Well, like it could be like a 32-bit pixel game. Uh, I'd say caught hand drawn. Yeah, it's hand drawn art, yeah. But very distinct levels that you move through, starting the caverns. Yeah. I um I got really, really worried at the end that we were gonna get too clever for our britches, because in Splunky 2, you play as the daughter of the Splunker in the first game. And I thought we were gonna ask some question about playing as offspring in reference to Rogue Legacy. Oh and then trip our, and then trip right. ourselves up. But yeah, we, yeah, that's funny. We yeah. dodged it. And just there's only two of them, so it sounds a little strange to call it a series. That's the only reason why that oh, gave me pause. Okay, okay. Okay. Good to know for future yeah, deliberations. I can see that now, but I would have never predicted that. And then the original Splunky came to Vita, which is why I, I got stuck on handheld. the handheld thing for a moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two never did. Well, two, okay. yeah, two just came out last year. So the Vita's long been mm-hmm, mm-hmm. no, no Vita. I mean, if you wanted to put out a Vita <laughs> game, I don't think anybody would stop you. <laughs> it's against the law, Sam. uh thank you for the suggestion rob in melbourne australia nicely job everyone viewers and listeners if you have your own suggestions for video game 20 questions email them to me at the email address gamescoop at ign.com and that is all the scoops that we have for you this week thank you tina thank you sam thank you justin thank you to alan working behind the scenes making this show possible my name is damon my cat is uh doing stuff behind me my name is damon this is ign gamescoop we're out (laughs) It's meant to last.